You are listening to audio from Genesis Community Church. To find out more, visit us online at genesiscommunity.church. All right. If you want to settle in for a few minutes, well, it's going to be more than a few, but not a whole lot more than a few. Uh, as you've heard, we are doing things a little differently this morning um, in response to everything that's going on. So something that we've always uh, really valued as a church family is to be very sincere and be very honest. Uh, there's no pretense, at least as much as uh, we pray and seek and ask the Lord to work in us, there's no pretense. Um, and so we're not going to ever have a Sunday where we are pretending things aren't happening that are happening or pretending that the Lord is not doing something that He clearly is doing just for the sake of uh, staying on schedule or keeping to the routine. Uh, and so obviously this Sunday is very different. Uh, I don't normally wear hurricane response shirts. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I may rock it a little more often on some Sundays from now on, but, um, but of course the, the reason uh, for us to be here this morning is the same reason as always, only our expectation of what's going to happen when we leave is a little bit adjusted. And so uh, I'm saying those things very particularly, uh, I want you to understand we're here this morning to do what we're always here to do which is exalt the Lord Jesus, to magnify Him, worship Him, learn from His words, seek Him together, seek to be transformed and sanctified, to be more like Christ. That's always our purpose. It still is this morning. But what happens when we leave this place has been adjusted, not completely changed, but adjusted. So we're always seeking to leave here and go out into the world and shine the light of Christ only now, today, we get to have the opportunity to do that in the midst of an absolute disaster. So normally, Sundays feel very normal. They feel very routine. What are we going to do today? What's the sense of urgency? Well, I've learned a lot. I've prayed. My heart has been softened. I, I know what the Lord is teaching me. I, I think I have some steps about how I can grow, how I can follow the Lord, walk in obedience to Him, and walk by His spirit, but now I'm going to go get lunch. And after lunch, I'm sure that I'm going to be exhausted because I'm going to overeat, and so I'm going to take a nap. And whatever, you know, and it's like the, normally the sense of urgency is not really at a heightened level, but today it is. Today it's at a heightened level, and we all know why. Uh, if you do any kind of just even a vague Google search about the statistics of what's happened along the Texas and Louisiana coast over the last week and a half, it's just staggering. It's just staggering. The, the millions and millions of people who've been impacted by this storm. Uh, but in the midst of it, as we keep saying, we have this God who's unchanging. The coastline has literally changed but our God has not changed at all, and He's worthy of praise and attention. So um, last week, I sent out an email. Uh, we obviously couldn't have church here because that was right in the thick of uh, all the chaos, but we sent out an email uh, from uh, Ephesians chapter 1 and those first 14 verses, and it's this 
eruption of praise from the Apostle Paul writing to the believers in Ephesus. And it's, you can imagine that as he sat down to write, that his heart was just bursting with praise towards the Lord and realizing and remembering all that God has done to bring us to Himself in Christ and all that's been accomplished in Christ. And so in Ephesians, in the very first chapter, he has some amazing praise that comes ringing through. And I want to read it for you and just remind you of it and then make some comments about it. This is what he says, the first 14 verses. We're going to start at verse 3, actually. Paul says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as He chose us in Him, that is, in Christ, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. In love, He predestined us for adoptions as, adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace, with which He has blessed us in the Beloved. Beloved is Christ. In Him, that is, in Christ, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace, which He has lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of His will, according to His purpose, which He set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in Him, that is, in Christ, things in heaven and things on earth. In Him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of His glory. In Him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. Amen? In Christ, blessed us in Christ, chose us in Christ, blessed us in the Beloved, redeemed through His blood, set forth the plan for this fullness of time, His will being revealed in Christ, uniting all things in Christ, obtaining an inheritance in Christ, sealed in Christ. We have so much to praise the Lord for today, as always. So much to praise Him for. And as we said in that email for Christians, our lives should always be ringing with praise of Christ. Even in times of great suffering and trouble. Although the praise may ring with a different tone. You know what I'm saying? It may ring with a different tone. But still, our lives should ring with praise for Christ. Why? Well, there's this great list in Ephesians 1 of all that's been accomplished in Christ and credited to us because of Christ. But I think all of these things, that what's on Paul's heart here and what can be on our hearts this morning, even as we prepare to go back into the community and serve and love and preach, I think the transcendent truth here is that Christ 
is better than everything. He's better than everything. I know that's not real, real flowery language. I know that's not a real pictorial kind of language and puts some image in your mind to help you kind of... It's just very plain language, but it's meant to be because it, it communicates a very plain but a very transcendent and eternal truth. Christ is better than everything. He's better than clothes. He's better than furniture. He's better than cars. He's better than sheetrock. All the things that have been torn down and thrown into heaps on the street, he's better than all of those things in their best state. At their height of usefulness and comfort and enjoyability, they are paling in comparison to the wonder and majesty and beauty and joy of Christ. Christ is better than everything. This is why we can rejoice in a time of suffering, because we have Christ. And He's better than everything. Better than everything. We have this glorious treasure called Jesus. Please remember that right now. He is a treasure. And he far outshines even the most comfortable, peaceful, joyful day that we could ever experience in this world. Far outshines. And he is ours forever. All these things are going to pass away. That truth has become evident in the last week, hasn't it? All this stuff is going to end up in a pile somewhere. The greatest, most expensive thing you own that either was or wasn't lost is going to end up in a pile either in your front yard or in some heap in some place outside of town where things that have outlived their usefulness are banished. It's all going to burn. And Christ will last forever. And we have him forever. We are his and he is ours when this life is over even, we know that we will have Christ. This life with all of its troubles, all of its suffering, it will be done and we will be with Jesus. We know that for those of us who trust Christ, this life with all of its suffering and all of its trouble, which... Again, let's be honest. Let's not be ignorant of the fact that we brought a lot of trial and suffering and worry and doubt and anxiety into Hurricane Harvey, didn't we? For a lot of us, we didn't even experience a drip of water in our homes. We didn't lose a thing. But it doesn't mean that our lives aren't still this struggle with life in this world and brokenness and sin and failure and fear. We all have those places in our hearts. And for all of us, we know that when this life is done, if we're in Christ, we'll be with Christ. But you know that we have an even greater day to look forward to than just the day when we lay down this shell and our spirits are carried to be with the Lord in heaven. You know we have a better day to look forward to, even than that. 
And it's when Christ comes back to this place, when he descends with a cry of command, and all the dead in Christ rise first to be raised up and their bodies will be made new again to be like Him in His glory, to be shining with the radiance of Christ, to be made new in this body of sin with all of its corruption and weakness and, and fallibility will all be eradicated and will be with Christ forever in perfection. He'll make all things new And the battle with sin and failure and corruption and the groaning of the earth as it waits for that day and the spinning out of control of oceans and storms and all of these things will all cease. And we'll have peace that will last forever. Now listen to Romans 8.18. Paul says, Paul, listen, Paul You know Paul. Don't you know Saul who hated Christians and persecuted them, killing them, dragging them off to prison, but then was saved by a revelation of Christ appearing to him and calling him out? And Paul, on the very day that he was saved, it was said about him by the Lord himself speaking to another saint, I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Suffering marked Paul's whole Christian life. He even lists it at times. Shipwrecked, left to float out in the open sea for days. Even when he gets off of rubble floating in the ocean onto an island, what happens to Paul? He gets bit by a snake. What the heck? His whole life was just marked by suffering. He was in prison. He was beaten. He was left for dead, dragged outside of city gates. Paul knows what it means to suffer. And Paul, speaking to the Romans, you know the Romans, you know the Christians in Rome in the first century. Don't you remember them? How deeply and profoundly they suffered for the name of Christ, being literally fed to animals for entertainment because of their faith in him. They suffered through famine, they suffered through danger, through sword, through nakedness. All those things that were suffered by Christians were suffered by Christians in Rome. And here we have Paul speaking to Romans. This is a conference on suffering. These people know what it means. And Paul in Romans 8.18 says, For it is not worth comparing, not worth comparing everything that is suffered in this life is not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed to us. He's speaking about the day when Christ returns. He makes all things new and our lowly bodies are transformed to be like his glorious body and we see him in his fullness of majesty radiating and beaming with the glory of God, with his holiness, with his goodness, with his love, his perfection, with all of his justice and righteousness and praiseworthiness. We will see him face to face 
King of kings, Lord of lords forever. And we know, we know Paul says elsewhere in Philippians that at that moment every knee will bow. Every knee in heaven and on earth and even under the earth will bow to him and proclaim. Every tongue will confess he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Why? Because it will be undeniable at that time. Undeniable as he reigns over his creation. Undeniable majesty and kingship. This is our Christ. Why are all of these present sufferings incomparable with that glory? Not because these sufferings are meaningless. Not because they mean nothing. They mean a lot. They're meant to reveal our weakness. They're meant to reveal opportunities where we turn to the Lord and we see Him as sufficient, as transcendent, as all-satisfying, as better than everything. These sufferings aren't meaningless. They're, in fact, tragic opportunities for us to shine the light of Christ in the world, to make Him known a better hope, a better glory, better news than this too shall pass. Oh, we have something so much better to say than that. Something so much better. There's something in our hearts today, now, on a Sunday, ravaged by a storm, people reeling, frightened, looking ahead at the next few months and the next couple of years. How do I rebuild my life? Listen, we have something so much better than this too shall pass, or you can get back to normal one day and we're going to be there for you. Normal? Normal? Who wants to go back to normal without Christ? Let's offer them something so much better. How about this? You lost a lot, but if you had lost everything, even your own life, even your own life, if you were to know Christ, you would know that it would all be worth losing for his sake. All be worth losing. He's better. Better. He's a treasure that can't be lost, can't be taken, it can't be robbed from you. People watching storm waters rise towards their doors. We were talking with Darian out in Ponderosa yesterday, and he's talking about the experience of what it was like to watch that water creep towards his door. Listen, he said and within an hour, it went from the street nearly to his front door. Finally, a boat arrives that they're willing to get on. By the time the boat gets there, it's up to his front door, and the boat's pulling onto his porch for them to get away. Do you think that the best news we can offer someone like that who's losing the whole first floor of their house, who's literally being taken out of their neighborhood on a boat, watching things slosh around, all of their possessions gone, the best news that we could have to offer to them is that we're going to help them replace things and get back to normal? Oh, brothers, sisters, listen, as we go out today, back to our neighborhoods, as we're, listen, this is legit, this is for real, I'm not playing with you, as you get back on Facebook today, please, please make the transcendent majesty and worthiness and, and 
supremacy of Christ over all things known to everyone within earshot or within postshot. Please. This is our message. We are ambassadors of Christ. The good news that we have in our hearts is what people need to hear today. Not that their things can get back to normal. Not that FEMA or some insurance company is going to be their salvation. But that there's a better hope, a better salvation, that even if everything is lost and nothing is replaced, they can have a treasure that cannot be taken from them. And his name is Jesus. So what we're doing today, what we're seeking to do, what we're praying the Lord will give us energy and opportunity to do, and boldness and courage and, and soft-heartedness to do today, is that in the midst of a lot of hammer swinging and tearing down and piling up the garbage that's been destroyed, that we would have something very sweet to offer with our mouths. That we would be able to tell people that Jesus is better than all they've lost. You may feel that in a moment like that, to start talking about God and start talking about religion or start talking about converting or something like that might be insensitive. Insensitive would be to close your mouth, to swing your hammer and to give the impression that the best thing you have to offer is to just put some dry sheetrock in place of some wet sheetrock. That's not the best thing you have to offer. So please, let's seek the Lord together. Let's plead with Him together that He would put His words in our hearts and let them come out of our mouths. Even as Jesus said, there would be appointed times when you wouldn't even know what to say to a person, but the Spirit Himself would give you words. Let's pray for that. That the Lord would carry us along today. We are going to be um, back over in the Ponderosa subdivision, which isn't far from here, Kirkendall in 1960. Some of the homes, one of the homes that we're going to today had water all the way up to the top of the first floor. Uh, uh, so many of these homes are rentals. Land, some of the landlords are there. Some of them aren't. Uh, we're, we're getting on the phone with landlords and things who live in different cities and, and situations like this, trying to figure out what can we do, how, how far can we go, and, and just trying to do the best we can to help people. Um, and if you want to be on one of those teams, uh, you can go to the back there in the, whatever we call that area, lobby, foyer, uh, and Nicole is going to be at a table with a computer. I think, Nick, did you set these computers up? So normally what we use for kids' registration is today being used to sign up if you can help uh, and get on a team. If that, The best way you could do it to help us track teams and match them up with needs is to go to one of those computers and just put in your information and say when you're available. We'll, uh, Nicole will get you on a team. By the way, Nicole and Angela Walker, thank you so much for coordinating all that. We would all just be driving around randomly if it wasn't for y'all, so thank you for coordinating it. Um, and, and today you can make uh, a, a really big difference if you're willing to be on a team 
and to seek the Lord and ask Him to use you. Use you, but not in just some temporal sense to try to rebuild something or, take, or tear something down, but in an eternal sense that you could be useful to communicate the love of Christ through your actions and through your words so that people might uh, hear the good news and be drawn and be saved. Uh, that's our great hope. So uh, I'm going to pray, and then uh, once I've prayed, I'll give you a little bit more direction about what right now looks like in the rest of our time together. So let's go to the Lord. Thank you for listening to audio from Genesis Community Church. To find out more, visit us online at genesiscommunity.church.